You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I'd like to speak for a few moments using as a subject the God of the lost. The, the God of the lost. Has anyone ever lost something that was so valuable to you that you did whatever you had to do to try and find it and still not find it? I remember my wife gave me a, a pen. Uh, there was a season in my life where I loved pens. pens, and So she got me a Mont Blanc pen. Um, it's not this one. I lost the one she gave me. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is that she, she, she gave me that, that pen, and every 20 years when maybe an artist or someone famous dies, after 20 years they'll make a Mont Blanc pen. Uh, uh, in memory of that individual, of that person. So my wife got me one, and uh, I, I, you know, I was using it. But then there came the day when I didn't know where it was. And um, so one day she sees me in our closet, and she thinks I'm kind of, wow, what a surprise. He's, he's putting his shirts and his suits in order, and... I acted like that, but what I was really doing is, did I leave that pen in this jacket? Where did I leave that pen in this jacket? Um, she was surprised that I was washing the car and cleaning it from the inside, but I'm trying to look underneath the seat and on the side, and where did that pen go? Um, I'm putting in order things inside the closet now, and she's like, wow, he's really helping me out. Well, I'm trying to find that pen that I had um, lost. Till one day as I'm trying to look in other places for that pen, I feel the Lord speak to me and say, if you would search for me as much as you're looking for that pen, things would be different in your life. And I realize that there are some things that are important, but there's nothing more important than seeking God. And there's a lot of things that are important to God, but not as important to seeking you and finding you. Most of us here have had an encounter with Christ as our Savior, and he was, he was, we were found by him. And the scripture that we read mentions that the Son of Man, talking about Jesus Christ, came to seek and to find and to save that which was lost. You know, my, I am worried that some way and somehow... As believers, globally, we have lost the essence of the heartbeat of God. I mean, I, don't misunderstand me. We, we like the tambourine and we, we like to shout. We like to dance. We, we like to clap. We, we, we like to, to jump. And that's okay. God made us people with emotions. But what worries me is that there's a 
percentage of us that we're not truly synchronized with what the scripture says about saving the lost. We, we become so accustomed that I'm saved and God changed me and things are going well and, you know, that we tend to forget that there's thousands upon thousands that are still in the place where God brought us out from. And I don't know if you knew this, but in the next 365 days, more than 2.4 million people just here in North America are going to die. And the majority of them will probably die without Jesus in their lives. In the next 365 days, 54 million people. From 2.4 million in North America, 54 million people will die around the world. The majority of them will go to eternity without Jesus. And the sad thing about that is that some of those that die could be your loved ones. And interweaved in, in the Gospels, we find a chapter that is known as the chapter of the lost. Because I'm talking about Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, we find three things that Jesus dedicates himself in parables to talk about these three things that are lost. He talks about the lost sheep, he talks about the lost coin, and he talks about the lost children that we know the story as the prodigal. Interesting that in these three parables, he uses three common elements. The first one is he uses a shepherd. He uses a woman and he uses a father. Interesting enough that in this chapter 15 of Luke, the, the search for the lost sheep and, and the search for the lost coin are, are, are done with determination to find it, with diligence and, 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 and with urgency. Yet, the lost prodigal has an opportunity to, to come back to his father and his father receives him anew and, and receives him as a son and not, not as a slave. And when you read this chapter of Luke chapter 15, we'll understand why Luke 19 says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ is on a mission. He's on a quest to find everyone that is lost. When we come to the chapter 15 of Luke, we find these three stories or parables. I like to call this chapter the God of the lost. Because in every area, it represents God seeking, God finding, and God restoring that which is lost. And the interesting thing, I'm in Luke chapter 15, verse 3 through 7. Listen to what this parable says. It says, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it? 
He is joyful, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 90, 90, or 99 righteous persons who do not need repentance. And you may say, well, why doesn't he rejoice with the 99? Because those 99 already had their day of rejoicing. They were already found. But what calls my attention is the, the attention that, that Jesus puts on one lost sheep. And let me remind you that being lost has nothing to do with distance. Being lost has everything to do with the relationship. Because you could go to church and you could go to mass and you can go to, 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 to uh, every service that you want to. But unless there's a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you could be in church in the front row and still be lost. So being lost has nothing to do with distance. It has to do with relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in this parable, he, he, he puts uh, uh, such, such a, 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 an emphasis on finding that one lost sheep. For us, it may not mean anything. Well, we got 99. What's one? Yet Jesus sees us differently. I've got the 99. I need that one. And if there's something we could learn from the sheep is that the sheep loses itself or gets lost because of two things. It gets lost because of its nature. Out of all the animals that you could think of, it is the sheep that is the most defenseless. It is the, the sheep that is the, the most ignorant. It is the sheep that, that you could walk it through the same path over and over again. And yet if you leave it alone, it will still get lost because that's its nature. Not only is, is a sheep lost because of its nature, but it's also lost because of ignorance. It doesn't know any better. And the interesting thing about that is that God compares us as sheep. We're lost because of our own nature. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our nature is not to seek God. In our nature is not to have a relationship with God. In our nature, we have been born in sin and our tendency is to sin. Our tendency is to, be, uh, to do what we want to do. Our tendency is not to live under the rules and regulations that we consider a hard on God on our lives. We, 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 by our own sinful nature, we're lost, but we're also lost because of ignorance. Why? Because of ignorance. I spoke this morning to the Spanish congregation that you could choose either Jesus or you could choose Barabbas. If, if you don't know the story, that those were the two people that, that Pilate brought out and says, who do you want me to release? Who do you want me to release? Thinking that, hey, the decision is simple. You have Jesus who does good. You have Jesus who heals the sick. You have Jesus that forgives. You have Jesus that, that's there encouraging. But you have Barabbas who's a, who's a murderer. You have Barabbas who steals. You have Barabbas who, who lies. You have Barabbas. And so you would think that it's a clear choice. If I could present to you this guy or this guy, who would you want? And to the amazement of Pilate and those around him, they said, no, we don't want Jesus. We want Barabbas. Let him loose and crucify Jesus. The decision, we face it all the time. 
But going back to my parable and to the story that we're reading about, the sheep not only is it lost because of its nature, the sheep gets lost because of ignorance. It does not know that there's a solution. He does not know that there's a way out. He does not know that Jesus gave his life at Calvary to die for our sins, to forgive us, to transform us. And because of that ignorance, he is lost. And I've got some bad news for you too. That ignorance does not exempt you from the consequences. Ignorance does not exempt you from the consequences. Let me put it this way. A baby, boy, girl, she's two, three years old, can't read, but sees Drano there and thinks it's some kind of Kool-Aid or juice. She doesn't know, or he doesn't know it's poison, can't read because in, in the good sense they're, they're ignorant to to reading, they're, they're ignorant to knowing that it's poison. And because of ignorance, they drink it. Do you think that poison, that Drano, is going to say, oh, they didn't know that we, they were drinking poison, so let's not have an effect on them. On the contrary, even though it was ignorance, even because they, even the fact that they did not know, if you don't get that child to the hospital and they don't pump that stomach out, that poison will kill that child because it was ignorant. It did not know of the consequences. In the same fashion, God loves us. He gave us his son. He gave us his word. But there are still thousands upon thousands that are lost. Why? They are ignorant to the cross of Jesus Christ. They're ignorant that the blood of Jesus breaks away and breaks the chains of addictions and breaks the chains of abuse. They're ignorant and they get lost because of that. Jesus, though, makes great emphasis on that. And he says that, he leaves the 99 and he goes and he searches with diligence and he searches with determination and he, jer he searches it with, with urgency. Why urgency? Because a sheep that is away from the shepherd, a sheep that is away from the flock, or uh, uh, it's, it's a sheep that, that is exposed to the dangers of, of a lion, of a bear, uh, uh, of an animal that would come and could prey on it and destroy it and there's urgency to find it. That is the heartbeat of God with us. There's an urgency to find the lost. People that are lost without Christ, there's an urgency because sin can destroy them. Sin can kill them. And if they die without Jesus, they go for eternity. There's an urgency. Yet, we tend to lose that. We, we tend to think everything's okay, cool and dandy. And if I'm okay, that's all that matters. When we have loved ones and friends that we know need to find Jesus. The second story of this God of the lost is the coin. I'm in Luke 15, verse 8 through 10. It says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. She has 10 silver coins and, and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see, the sheep dies because, or is lost because of ignorance and its nature. But the coin is lost because of negligence. 
negligence. I lost my pen because of negligence. I, I, I don't know if I lent it out. I don't know if I put it in the seat. I don't know if I left it in the car. I, 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 uh, I had to buy another pen. I confessed to my wife. I said, okay, I'm sorry. It's not that I want to be neat. It's not that I want to clean the closet. It's not that I'm really, really, really excited about having my car, oh, as clean as it could be inside and out. Um, I lost the pen. And I felt bad to the point that when she bought the pen, the store was going out of business. She got it for half price. When I bought the pen, the store wasn't going out of business that I went to buy it, and I had to pay full price. It cost me more. And here there's a coin that she has, 10 coins, and she loses one. She lost it because of negligence. She lost it because she wasn't taking responsibility on it. She lost the coin because uh, as many of us, when we have coins in our pocket, we just put them on the dresser or, hey, we just, wherever they fall, you'll, you'll find a coin in, 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 in the recliner. You, you'll find a coin in your favorite spot on the sofa in between the cushions. You, you'll find a coin even dropped in your car. Look for it under the mat. You, you'll find a coin even on the, the stores when you go through the parking lot. You'll find, why? Because coins seem to have no value, but God sees value in every coin. I've always said that the church is God's earthly bank where he deposits coins known as people for his uh, 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 for us to, to, to take care of it and he entrusts us with it and we're responsible for everyone that God allows to come through those doors and choose to make Life City Church their church. There's a responsibility. God could have placed them elsewhere. could have sent them to another church but somehow God said I want you in this one and there's a great responsibility for us to take care of those coins. But this woman was negligent and she, she lo loses the coin. And I believe there came a moment when she began to see the value of the coin because we have, we're notorious for seeing the value of the individual for where they've been and who they are. But thank God that God does not value us by where we've been and where we are. He values us by the price that it had to be paid to save us. And He values us not for where we are right now, but by the potential that He sees that we can have in the future. And so this woman came to the point where she says, I, I need this value. You, I remember when my kids were small, and even now that they're big, no, <laughs> when they're small, they'd say, Dad, give me a dollar. I said, what do you want a dollar? He says, because I want to buy this. And then they would, they would put this phrase in there. What's a dollar to you? I said, nothing. But it's a lot to you because you ain't got it. Hello? <laughs> Yeah. What's a dollar? To me, ain't nothing because I got it. I got one, two, three, I got ten, I got twenty dollars. For you, it's a lot because you ain't got it. So for we, when we have it, it's not as valuable as when you don't got it. Hello, somebody. A penny is worthless or to us unless we really need it to complete a dollar. And some of us are thankful that wherever we go pay, there's always a little, a little you know, tip thing, and oh, I need a, a two cents. Some of y'all, well, no, not here. Don't look, look at me, not the person next to you. You're like 20 cents short, and you're <coughs> taking all that pennies that are there. But what I'm getting at, it doesn't become valuable till you need it. 
This woman began to see the value of a coin through the eyes of God and began to say, even though I got ten, uh, nine, I still need that tenth one. And the Bible says that she lights up the house. She, she, she sweeps and turns everything upside down. I've got to find that coin. I believe that that's the way the church should be. You are a special coin. And we as the church have a responsibility to, to look out for one another. We have a responsibility to, to call you and say, we, we miss you. Where have you been? And, and be persistent until, until, somebody say until, 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 until we find them. Until we see them in church again. Until we know that they're okay. Until we know that they're plugged in once again. Until... There are some people that we have, have, have been calling and, and, and we've gotten some response. There's others that, that we lost touch in. But today I, I, I look around and it's good to see some familiar faces. And we thank God that until we saw you again, until we saw you in church again, until you were sitting to me, next to me again, until we didn't give up because that's the love of God that he has for us, that he doesn't give up. And so when... We go to that, we, we see the importance of it, that, that she looks for that coin, the lost coin, again, with determination. And, and she looks with that, for that coin with diligence, without uh, not one furniture, not one stone uh, unturned. And, and she understands the urgency of that coin. And she finds it because he is the God of the lost and he doesn't give up until, until. I know people have given up on you. People have given up on me. People said you'd never amount to anything. But God continues to have faith and believe. And he still seeks you. And he still calls you. And he's still there with you. Until you finally realize that, that you can't make it without God. And that until only lasts until you have breath. Once life is over, the until finishes. But even now... God has you here listening to me, trying to see if this would be the until moment that you recognize him as his Lord and Savior. But I, I want to come to a close with, with the third story. And the third story, we've always hear about it as the prodigal son. But in reality, there are two prodigals that are there. There are two people that are lost. There's an the older son and the younger son. The Bible says, I'm in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Here's a young man that, listen closely. Remember I said that, being lost has nothing to do with distance, but with relationship. The sheep is lost because of its ignorance and its nature. The coin is lost because of negligence. But here, it's a different story. Because in this, in this story, the, the son is, is at home already. The son is with the father that in this story represents a loving God. He has everything that he needs. Everything has been cool, dandy, and, and he's okay. But there comes a moment where he decides by influence from the outside, by friends, whoever it is, he decides that he wants to go elsewhere and leave the house. And he says, I want my portion. 
I want what belongs to me. And the father gives it to him. And as we read, this young man takes what is his, gathers what is his, and he says that he leaves and he goes to a distant country and he spends his life there in, in wild living. You see, because that was, that's what begins to happen when you distance yourself from the things that you've already know that are good, when you distance yourself from the things that you know that where God wants you to be, when you distance yourself from church, when you distance yourself from people from church, when you distance yourself from, from your relationship with God at the altar, when you distance yourself from the Word of God, when you distance yourself from, from your prayer, when you distance yourself, you become like the prodigal son and you find yourself living a different lifestyle and doing what you would never do if you were still in God's presence and when he goes out the Bible says that he spends everything that he has in wild wild living and, and the story goes on to say that there came a point when he has nothing and now he's hungry and he's hired himself out to, to take care of some hogs verse 15 says so he went out and hired himself to a citizen in that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw, and, saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The sheep is lost because of its nature and ignorance. The coin is lost because of negligence. But the son is lost because of choice. He chose to leave. He chose to go off in that path when he had everything and he had a relationship. Listen to me, relationship with his father. You say, how could he have a relationship with his father? Because when you have a relationship with somebody, you don't have a problem in asking for anything. This young man had a relationship with his dad. That's why he says, dad, give me what I need. If I had a good relationship with you now, I need you to spot me. Hey, can you spot me 20 bucks? I'd ask you because I have a relationship with you. But if I don't have that relationship with you, I'd be embarrassed to ask you, hey, can you lend me uh, 20, 20 bucks? You see? Because if I don't have that relationship with you and I ask you for 20 bucks, you, you, you'd interrogate me. What do you need it for? How come you ain't got 20 bucks? Did you have 20 bucks? What'd you do with your 20 bucks? Oh. But if I have a relationship with you, hey, man, spot me. I need 20 bucks. Yeah, sure, here. You don't, you're not going to ask me anything. You're just like, here, there's that relationship. This young man had a relationship with his father. He was willing to go ask and say, give me what belongs to me. That's based on relationship. The decision that he made was wrong to leave and go and squander and, and spend everything he had in wild living. But, but there was a relationship. And the good thing about it is that there come seasons in our life that when we do make the mistakes, God puts a parenthesis between your dilemma and, and puts a parenthesis in, in your past and, and in the future. And he puts a parenthesis for you to gauge where you are. And he says, and he came back to his senses. And it's in that moment of coming back to your senses that the same decision that you made to leave God's 
family, to leave God's things. To, it's the same decision that you can make to say, I'm getting up, like he said, and I'll go back to my father because there are people there that have better food than I am here, and they're only slaves, yet I'm a child of God and I'm not eating well. Hello, somebody. But what admires me of this guy is that at first he said, give me what's mine. But when he comes back to his senses, when he finds himself, if I don't make the right decision now, this could get worse. And he says, I will go to my father and I will tell him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son, but make me. At first, he was real cocky and he said, give me. Now, he understands life and he says, make me. And sometimes it's not until we're made we won't get ahead in life. He says, make me like one of your hired servants. And so he gets up and he goes. And while he was going and he was still far off, you see, God sees your intentions and your motives. That Benny Hester, you guys probably don't know who he is. He's, he wrote a song that became a number one in the charts. It was called, When God Ran. When God Ran. And most of the time we would think, why would God run? He's, he's big and bad. He, he take care. He's God all by himself. Why, why would he need to run? It's based on this parable. That when his father saw this young man far away, he ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. God sees and, and God maybe saw he may not have a chance to, to, to make it all, all the way back. He's, he's been beat up. He's, be, he's been bruised. He's been ostracized. He's been, he's been wounded. And, and, and the world has been rough on him. And yeah, he should have never left. And yeah, those are the consequences of his decisions. But, 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 but I love him enough that, that as I see him far away, I don't know if he'll have the strength to make it. But I've got the strength to reach him. And so he goes and runs and hugs him. And what I like about this is that even though the young man had a confession to say make me like one of your servants it was like him saying father I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you but not worthy to be called your son and that's where the father stops him because he was about to say but make me like one of your hired servants but when he says I'm not I'm not no longer worthy to be called your son it would be like the father put his hand on his mouth and he turns around and he tells his 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 servants and he says I need for you to do something I need for you that uh, in verse uh, 21 through 24 uh, uh, but the uh, verse 22 but the father said to his servants quick bring the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again was lost and is found and they began to celebrate what this portion of scripture teaches me is that though everybody gives up on you God doesn't how do you know pastor he says a new robe on him. The robe ain't for the slave, it's for the child of God. He says, put a ring on him. The ring is not for the hired hand he has, it's for his son. He says, put some shoes on him. The shoes are not for the hired hand he has, it's for, for the son. Are you listening? He was not going to 
see him any less than what he was. Even though he could have been a slave. Even though he could have been now a hireling. God sees you. You've made your mistakes. But the fact that you're coming back to me. I'll meet you. Uh, it's where, wherever I've got to go to meet you. And I don't see you any less than your mistake was. I see you as what you've always been in my eyes. My son. And I knew you'd come back. That's why I had the robe ready. That's why I had the ring ready. That's why I had. He must have had it tailored made. And he must have gone. I want you to make the robe for my son. He ain't even home. He ran off. I understand. But I want you to make it this size. And this long. And these colors. And I want to buy some shoes for who? For, for, for my son. Which one? The young one. He ain't even at home. He left you. Remember? It's okay. But his size is a size 8. And I want to make sure that you. And I, I want you to make the ring. And what's the ring for? It's for my son. He ain't even here. He's lost. You haven't heard from him. I know that but I still have hope that he'll come back and when he does I want to put the ring on him and when he does I want to dress him and when he does I want to put the shoes on him and when he does I've got a fat calf that I'm going to kill and celebrate because he's the God of the lost I I know you thought I was almost done because we always hear about the prodigal son but remember I told you there's two sons Remember I told you that being lost has nothing to do with distance, but it has to do with relationship. And, and so he, 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 here's the, the, the rest of the story is that the son, older son, comes from the field. And he sees all the celebration. And so he comes in and, and says, you know, it's interesting when the printer doesn't print out the last page. Got to. I was looking for the last page, and it ain't there. I don't know what happened. But good thing I know the story. And so the, the older son comes from the field, starts hearing all the music, and hears that, you know, there's a big celebration. So he calls one of his hired hands, and he says, hey, 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 what, what, what's going on? Dude, your dad made a feast for who? Is it my birthday? Is it, is it is it is it is it my party? Is it I mean is it a, a a thank you party he's doing for me? I mean I know I've been here. You know my 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 son my my brother done took off, so maybe he's grateful that I stuck around and and did the two jobs because I had to do my younger son's job and uh, brother's job and my job and so 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 tell me and, and, and so. Should, should I go in now? You know, is this supposed to be a surprise? He goes, no. Chill, man. This, this is it. It's not in for you. What? It ain't your party. Who, who's it for? He goes, for your brother. My brother? Yeah. The, the, the one that lost everything? The one that asked for all the money? The one that I've heard that he's been doing all his stuff. He killed the fat calf for him. Yeah, your dad was so happy that he came back. That 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 he was lost, but but now he he's found, and and he was spiritually dead, but now he's alive again. And the Bible says that the young man got mad and didn't want to come into the celebration. He didn't want to come into the celebration, and the father had to come out. The father had to come out and say, hey, what, what, what's up, son? 
How come you ain't coming into the celebration? And the son says, oh, you want to know? I'll tell you why. Oh, I'm so glad you asked me why I don't want to go in. I'm going to tell you why I don't want to go in. I've been slaving myself all these years. I've not disobeyed you once. And you haven't even been able to give me a little goat so that I can share with my friends. Listen closely. I've been slaving for you all these years. The father goes on to say, he goes, son, you're here with me and everything I have is yours. Let's stop there for a moment. Remember I told you that being lost has nothing to do with distance, but it has to do with the relationship. And the young son had a relationship that he could ask his father. Here this guy is saying, I've been here all these years slaving for you and you haven't been able to give me. He said, you're with me all this time. But there was no relationship. Because if there was a relationship, I didn't have to slave all these years. I could say, hey, yo, daddy, I know, hey, God's blessing us. We got a lot of goats out there. We got, you know what, we got not just one fattened calf. We, we got quite a bit. Can I get one for my friends? That's what the father was telling him. You're here with me and everything I have is yours. We serve a God that everything we have is ours. The only reason and the only obstacle and the only thing that keeps us from getting what belongs to us and what God wants to give us is that there is no relationship. And like this older brother, we feel we have to work our way. The Bible says that salvation is not by works. Salvation is by grace. Salvation is by faith. Salvation is the gift of God to us. You cannot buy it. You cannot rent it. You can't, no, you can't negotiate. It is a gift from God. So again, you have two sons. One of them's lost when he leaves. The other one's lost while being inside. And what I like is when the father says, why don't you want to come in? This is the response of the older brother. Because this, your son, went out and squandered everything with prostitutes. It's interesting that. When we don't have that relationship with the Father. See, because when you have a relationship with the Father, you understand that you've been forgiven. You understand that, hey, he had to clean you up. You understand you've had issues and you've had drama. And so when you have that relationship with God and you see somebody else come in again. And they leave and and, and after four months you see them come again. And then you didn't see them until six months later, but they walked in again. And if you don't have that relationship with God, you'd be like this older brother. You'd be saying, oh, here he comes again. Oh, look at him. Look at her. Oh, must be messed up. Has to come to the church again because now he wants something or she wants God to do something. But I guarantee you, after the cry, after the tears, and after the hugs, you won't see him or her again for another six months. And another six months come, and there they come. Told you. Told you. I told you. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, you don't know and you don't value what it is to be forgiven. You see, because we sin every day three ways. Through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions. We'll think something bad, or we may say something bad, or we did something bad. And you see, when you 
have that experience with Christ is because you know that you're a sinner and he forgives. But when we don't have that relationship with God and all we have is a religious spirit. I've been here all day. I've been here every Sunday. I've been here and they've done nothing. But this guy or this girl, oh, she came. Look how he came. And then, y'all, he was okay. But, but now he's messed up, jacked up. And, and, and look out. Oh, but everybody's giving him the hug and a high five because he came to the altar. And because, oh, look. And, and we don't want to come in to that celebration. Why? Because we're just as lost as the prodigal son. He says, give me the, give me the goat. Okay, wait a minute. In the Bible, I hear that the goats are the lost and the sheep are the found. So why you want the goat? Not only that, he uses this phrase, but this, your son, squanders everything off. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, okay. He, he, I, I thought he was your brother. So if he's my son, then whose son are you? I thought, I thought y'all were brothers. Notice the dialogue. Notice the conversation. Notice the words that are being used. That even though he didn't leave, he was in the house and just as lost, if not worse, than his brother that had left and came back. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will come and say, how come you can't celebrate the return of your brother, the return of your sister? How come you can't celebrate so they came with more baggage. But why can't you celebrate that at least they're back? Why can't you celebrate that at least they're found? Now you know that they made, they made presents. Now, now you can get their, their, their new phone number. And, and now you can get their, their, their Twitter account. Now, now you can get their Facebook. Now you can tweet a, a messenger. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now you can make contact with them. Now you can make sure that, that, that they're going to stick around. Now you can walk with them so that they don't go and, and leave again and, and go to, to... Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, now you can do that. But a lot of times we, 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 we shun away and the Holy Spirit says... How come you can't come into the celebration? Jesus died for them too. Again and again, they're going to make mistakes. But as long as you have life, you can always come back. The danger is that there's sometimes that you'll be too exhausted, too tired, too pooped out to, to even come back. That's why the important thing is, I don't need to leave. Let me do everything I can to stay in Christ, to be in Christ. Because he is the God of the lost. And all of us are here because one day we were lost and God found us. And aren't you glad that you're a different person ever since Jesus came into your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. The son finally, finally decided to come in. We want you to know that you're loved. There's no perfect church. And if you find one, don't go to it because the moment you do, it will cease to be perfect. Because we are imperfect people. But aren't you glad that God saw us as a sheep. And even in our ignorance and even because of our sinful nature, he didn't give up until he found us. Aren't you glad that we're like a coin that, you know, a church. We're sorry. I would be the first one to tell you as a pastor, those of you that are here and maybe it's been a while that you've come back. I, I, I want to tell you we're sorry because uh, we didn't seek you out maybe with such diligence and determination until 
we found you. But we're glad that you're back. And we want to journey with you. In the road ahead of your life. Connecting to Jesus. And finally, maybe you're lost because of choice. You chose to leave. You chose to run away. You chose to try something different and life beat you up. Life just did a work on you. And you decided to come back. Aren't you thankful that you still have that willpower, that the same decision that you were able to make to leave was the same spirit of God that gave you the strength to make a decision to come back. And so, I want us to conclude with this prayer as the worship team comes up.